Today, the woman who started modern day franchising. This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for listening to the Seven Figures Podcast, being part of our community. Financial confidence, that's what we want. That's what we're striving for. And I know a lot of you are parents, and our job as parents is what? To raise successful kids, right? To work hard to teach them, to inspire them, to do great things, and make smart decisions. And stories always cut through. If you have a kid... If you have a daughter specifically, this is a great story to have her listen to. Jane Plitt joins the conversation today. Author Jane Plitt, who is dedicated to doing research on Martha Matilda Harper. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just so excited to be back home to Rochester. Rochester. (laughs) You left us for sunny Florida. (laughs) I did, but I keep coming back. You are the author of several books about Martha Matilda Harper, one uh, being a children's book, which I think is pretty cool. But before we learn Martha's story and how she was such a major influence in the world of franchising, I want to learn about your story. Back in the day when you were here in Rochester, you actually won Small Business Person of the Year. 1987. I came to Rochester actually after graduating from Cornell. Okay. And my field was labor relations. And um, I was the first management, female management employee at the phone company and stayed in the labor relations field um, until I left for Chicago, where I became the national director of the civil rights group for men and women now. And then I returned to Rochester Having been um, an international business consultant, I thought, I love consulting. I love the challenge of having to constantly prove myself on new assignments. So I started a business called JP Associates, so clever, and um, (laughs) it was focused in on marketing and economic development, and it was while on an assignment at the time for a community bank by the name of First National Bank, where they were um, restoring the Powers Building downtown here in Rochester. They wanted ideas on what they could do to bring the community to the building and to the bank. And while I was not a native Rochesterian, I confess, um, I was here long enough to know that everybody had a story linked to that building. And so we suggested that we create a Powers History Gallery, and we invited the public to share their memories, their stories, their memorabilia. It was in that process that um, I came across a little clipping that talked about the tenant on the fifth floor being Martha Matilda Harper, and that she was the first woman member of the chamber. Well, at the time, I was the president of the Small Business Council of the Chamber. So I call uh, Wyoma Best, who was VP of the Chamber at the time, and said, hey, why, what do we know about Martha? And they came back and said, nothing. And that got me on a at least a six-year effort to try to 
discover what the real story was of Martha Matilda Harper while simultaneously running my business. So one of the wonders that I discovered with Martha was she taught herself and all of the thousands of women who were associated with her that you had to step forward and celebrate your achievements and not be shy about asserting your dreams, your plan, and to go forward. Because in truth, and this goes back to Susan B. Anthony um, at the same contemporary of Martha's, um, Anthony, while advocating for women to have the vote, also advocated that every woman needed her own purse. And that's just so critical that we realize um, by having our own purse, our own finances, our own money, we don't have to ask permission. We're not beholding. We can discuss it. I'm happily married for 46 years, but I can make decisions with what I want to do with money that I have that I don't have to consult and, and convince. And that's really empowering. For everybody involved. Absolutely. When you have control of your money, no matter how much it is, just to know, have knowledge of what I have, where is it going, have the choices, like you said, make the decisions. It gives you power. It gives you control. You are in the know and you feel confident. And it gives you security. Yes. Um, And that's what women want with our finances, right? Women just want to know they're going to be okay. Exactly. And that their children will be okay. Mm -hmm. And that causes they might believe in would be okay. Yeah. And it's so inspiring to know that our foremothers also believe that. And um, hopefully now we are better understanding it. We're learning more and more that more women are entertaining the idea of becoming business women and and franchising in particular. There's so many studies out saying that those who run franchises or are part of a franchise are females. That's right. Fastest growing segment in franchising and in small business. No doubt about it. And what, unfortunately, and I'm hoping that all of your listeners will now become Harper fans because I have a goal that everyone in Rochester is going to know about Martha Matilda Harper and be proud of her as in the same way that we're proud of George Eastman. And because Harper was a contemporary of Eastman, she was bound out into servitude in Canada from the time she was seven. And for 25 years, she's a maid. We are talking about the 1860s, 70s, She comes to Rochester in 1882 as a servant, and she's got a dream. Her last Canadian employer had taught her about healthy hair care, and it happened that her hair was quite responsive to his technique, which was washing it, that was unusual at the time, and brushing it very firmly to have blood flow, And also he had a special hair tonic. And on his deathbed, he bequeaths her the formula to the hair tonic. And her hair was growing longer and longer. And she took that formula and took 
what we used to have here, uh, basically a ferry across Lake Ontario, came into the port of Charlotte and was determined that Rochester was going to enable her to fulfill that American dream. But she's a servant. She does, however, observe that a lot of business and of the people of wealth are transacting in the Powers Building. They're banking, there's an art gallery, they're bringing, the women are bringing their children to music lessons in the Powers Gallery. And she comes up with this idea that if she's really going to become independent um, and not beholding to uh, her bosses, then she had to start her own business. That was so unusual in those times The laws were so anti-female, they couldn't own property, they Mm. couldn't get bank loans, they couldn't even go to colleges. And she decides boldly in 1888 that she is going to open the first hair parlor for women in the Powers Building. But she had a couple of challenges. One, she had a lot of money. Um, And two, she... She was not allowed to get a unit in the Powers Building. So she very cleverly hires the former Congressman John Van Voorhis. He had been a co-defending counsel for Susan B. Anthony, and she obviously pieced it together. He could be an advocate. And he lobbies and gets Powers to agree to let her in but on the condition that there will be no lease, because he's sure it's going to attract this new concept, uh, prostitutes. Harper gets in and she posts on the front of her door a picture of herself with floor length hair. Um, And that was real. And it was one of the ways she cleverly marketed to attract people to come in. She opens her hair parlor in 1888, the same year that George Eastman opens um, or launches the Kodak camera. He has $1 million at the time of venture capital to launch that camera. She has $360 of a lifetime of 25 years of servitude. Um, So I'm always so touched that these two Rochester uh, business luminaries started at such different points. Yeah. But um, she was brilliant. She created an environment that every woman wanted to bring visitors to in the same way that, for example, we might bring people to see Wegmans to see what an incredible grocery store looks like. Um, They all brought. And so there was amazing buzz being created because Harper understood she capitalized on her assets. One of them was her hair, but the other was she had been a servant. And when you're a servant, you learn how to please. And she realized that if you're going to create a hair parlor and wash people's hair, then you better prevent them from getting soap in their eyes. So she, Martha Matilda Harper, is the inventor of the reclining shampoo chair that all of us get to use today. So whenever we go back in a beauty shop, we have to say, thank you, Martha. There are so many things that you said about her life that we can all relate to. 
There's a lot of you listening right now that has a passion for something, but you don't think you have the finances or something's holding you back or there's naysayers or you don't think you you can do it. Then there's the to succeed, to find your niche, to find what's the problem that you can solve for other people. Right. Absolutely. Um, it starts with daring to dream. Yeah. The second is to persevere. Um, the third is to capitalize on your assets. And then the fourth is to think outside the box that just because you, you look around and you don't see the opportunity, well, you may be able to create it. Um, and then to bring others along Harper ends up being solicited by fancy ladies outside of Rochester to expand. They all want shops in their community, including the first lady, Grace Coolidge, um, and Bertha Palmer from Chicago. Now, Bertha, from what I understand, was a very wealthy, powerful lady, and she got what she wanted. But she comes to Martha and she says, I want a shop in 1893 in time for the Chicago World's Fair because I'm in charge of the women's division and I want to show off the Harper shop. What's fascinating about Martha is she wasn't intimidated by Bertha. Mm. She, of course, thanked her and she was very um, appreciative, but she said, you come back with a signed list of 25 of your best friends that will commit that they will patronize me if I open a shop. Oh, that is incredible. So she didn't need an early market study ahead. Sure. She just cuts to the chase and gets the commitment of the customer. That is the confidence we all need. Exactly. And the um, creativity Mm -hmm. to think about that. Then Bertha, of course, delivers. And now Martha has to think, Think about, oh, my God, how do I expand? How am I going to do this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm stuck. So um, the banks aren't going to loan her money. She doesn't have the money. um, But she was a Christian scientist, an early Christian scientist. And at that time, Mary Baker Eddy had started this religion. So she represents a strong woman. The mother church is in Boston And there are the satellite churches, including Rochester, which had um, a Christian science operation. And Martha looks at it, sees the structure and says, that could be my business. Rochester could be the mother church, the headquarters. I could have branches all over the country and then the world. And they will follow. I will create and teach them and have a document that they will follow exactly my beliefs. So she sets up training and she creates what today we know is franchising. She started it. She did modern retail franchising. And we think about Kentucky fried chicken. We think about, um, yeah, every endless, endless number of franchises we think about. And it's, and we need to think about Martha She didn't know, I don't think, that the word franchise comes from a French word, which means to free from servitude. But it is exactly what she did. Yeah. Because she remembers her trials and tribulations being a servant and how the system was against her. 
So she realizes her business could change the lives of poor women. So who does she put in control of her shops but poor women? Now, it was also incredibly social justice and social entrepreneurship pioneer by doing that. But it was also a brilliant business decision because these women had no options. And what Martha gave them were options. Mm. And therefore, they were mighty loyal. And when you're sending them all over the country and the world, you need to be able to rely on them. We didn't have computers. We didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have telephones in the manner so the control had to be by personal commitment. Impressed, huh? Absolutely. And she had 500 shops around the world. British royalty used her. The Kaiser in Germany bowed to her. Um, When Woodrow Wilson was negotiating as president the Treaty of Versailles in Paris for World War I, he goes to a Paris shop to have a relaxing scalp massage. While the shops are now closed, the method remains. And the Rochester Museum and Science Center uh, has uh, graciously agreed to be the repository of all of Harper memorabilia and They have samples of the reclining shampoo chair. They have her hairbrushes, her products, but they also have her hair manual. So one could go there and learn some of the Harper technique. They um, are also going to have um, a fabulous exhibit in 2020 to celebrate the 100th anniversary of women getting the right to vote. Harper will clearly be on exhibit, but so will other women. And I would encourage your listeners to visit because we need to be proud of what women have accomplished. And the truth is we have to be the storytellers because a lot of our history books don't talk about what women have done. What is the one thing about Martha's story that you often think about on those days we all have those days where we're in a funk and we're like gosh I don't know am I doing what I should be doing is there something else what is that one thing from her that you that gets you energized and and focused well I think about a seven-year-old servant girl who ends up being this international business magnet and that it happened fundamentally because she persevered Mm. So anytime I feel in that funk or just exhausted or I don't think I can do it, it's so hard, there are all these obstacles, I think about that daring seven-year-old who created this um, against obstacles um, when I compare mine to what she faced. Sure. And you have three books. And I love this one, Martha's Magical Hair. This is designed just for kids. Yes. Young children, like three years old to nine years old. Because I think it's so important that we share this story of Martha and that young children, boys and girls, know that this little girl... Yeah. Um, achieves. So the pictures and the hair becomes the lore. And I often speak at schools and one little boy said to me, oh, 
she's Rapunzel. And I said, yes, with a little difference. And that is, <laughs> <A> little. <laughs> she rescues herself. Yes. She rescues herself. But I want to just clue the listeners that Martha was very reluctant to marry at the time because when you married, men then had legal control and the like. But at age 63, she changed her mind. And she ends up marrying a 39-year-old. At 63? So she's a cougar. Ooh, girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> now, did she keep her finances separate? I, I think <laughs> she pretty well controlled it. Um, but I invite listeners to find out about yeah. Martha. Um, also, there's a young adult book. Yes. Martha the Hairpreneur, which is also intended to inspire. If you have young people who are talking about maybe going to business or daring to do something, they should know that um, they're not the first, that we had a wonderful role model here in, in Rochester, we have an amazing heroine. Her legacy, when we think about your impact and will people remember franchising today, $890 billion business in the United States. Wow. $890 million in jobs are directly related to franchising. And we have Martha to thank for starting it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next week on the Seven Figures Podcast, it is the first Friday of the month, and that means our dear friend Erica Cummings will join the conversation, VP at Morgan Stanley. What you should know before you retire. How to avoid the most common mistakes most people make. You have a great weekend. I will talk to you next Friday. And we now raise a glass or whatever it is in your hand, even if it's your cell phone. And we proudly say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women.